Okay, this is probably we're on, we are in uh, lesson forty-three of the person and work of the Holy Spirit, and we're in the last question, question five. And uh, it's an interesting question because uh, it should bring out a lot of uh, discussion, but we'll see. The question is, why is it important for us to know Jesus as Lord? Why is that important? And if you have the book, it's page 245 and 46. And so... I can, I'll talk a little bit about what Rideout says. As he has his place at the right hand of God, so the Spirit never rests till Christ is enthroned in the heart of the saint. Is that a big deal? Maybe, maybe ask this question. Can you honestly say, in your own life t- today, that Christ sits on the throne of your heart. As a matter of fact, we were Don and I were sitting at home talking before we came to church, and we went right to that. We somehow talked about that issue. Can you honestly say that? It's interesting that the Holy Spirit is involved in that work. You know, one more sentence. The word Lord means master, sovereign owner, one whose right it is to give his word and ours is to obey. Boy, we don't like that, do we, if we're honest? Isn't Christianity all about what he's done for me? Am I not the center of everything? What do you think? Well, I was going to say, Mike, when I first came in contact with dispensational theology, that's not something I grew up with. I'd never heard the word. But, you know, when I first was introduced to it, um, you know, there's a a lot of combating... um, Lordship theology. And so, you know, the, the, the idea of Christ enthroned in my heart, you know, um, became, um, almost a challenge to, um, the gospel of grace because Lordship theology has made it a precondition for salvation. You know, yeah. Until you until you enthrone Christ as Lord of your life, you know, you're not even saved, kind of a thing. Right. And um and so then to come, you know, to to teaching like this, I have to really um understand, you know, what he's saying. Because in our in our attempts to uh combat lordship theology, um we want to we don't want to throw out the, the baby with the bathwater maybe. I don't know, you know, like we know this isn't a precondition for salvation, but um yet the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord um is nonetheless true. It's just that our our you know 
the full the full lordship as you know of of Jesus Christ um isn't what isn't what has saved me yeah so um with with uh, you know I, I like what you said miles because the the lordship people if you think about it if you're um a leader uh, I'll pick on John MacArthur he's cuz he's a good one for this sooner or later it comes to your mind well why aren't the why isn't the herd coming along why aren't the sheep going in the direction I want them to go in? And what can I say to them that's going to get them off the dime? Well, Lordship Salvation is one of those things that you've got to stop thinking about yourself and you've got to make Lord uh, Jesus Lord of your life or you don't have a guarantee of salvation. Well, that would get your attention, wouldn't it? You would think, oh, well, I guess I better do that. Or, uh, but then, you know, by Tuesday you're back thinking about yourself again and you're thinking, oh, am I really saved? I have to make it all the way to the end and, and maintain this lordship thing. On the other side of that coin is, is God operating in grace. And that's what rideout's all about. Jesus Christ should be the Lord of everything I do, but that doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's it's an influence, I think, that the Holy Spirit uh, persuades us of who the Lord Jesus really is. Who is he? That he's God, that he's a God-man, that he's a Savior, that he's in his role as God, as Colossians and other places talks about who he is. And we learned slowly to depend on him for everything. I say everything for most things that grows all the time. Somehow God has taken it upon himself to demonstrate to his sons that he's worthy of their obedience. And he does it in such a gracious way that I am not under shackles of any, I'm willingly doing this. Okay. It's a persuasion. And that's one of the great works I think that the Holy Spirit does, that he's, he gradually, as Rideout says, he gradually substitutes man's thoughts and opinions for a simple phrase, thus saith the Lord. That because my mind is full of garbage from the world and it's self-centered and it's self-aggrandizing and it's self-preserving um, um, and uh, for the Spirit of God to come along and persuade me to sell out to somebody else and I mean sell out to Christ Only he could do that. Yeah. You know, Mike, I, I think what's interesting is in the lordship um, kind of position, it, it really all comes back to um, my exertion of self-will to, you know, to make uh, 
to make Jesus Lord of my life almost really. It's really it's me making myself, you know, uh, uh, an unwilling servant to into to him essentially, rather than what Rido's talking about, where like you're saying, you know, the Holy Spirit convinces us of of uh, the um, his his right and our and our need for for his lordship. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not an authoritarian thing or a, you ought to be doing this. It isn't that kind of thing. It's a persuasive We lost your audio, Mike. <laughs> so I'm back, right? Uh Sue Ellen asked me before class we were talking in the hall, she said, What is it about Catholics that they don't really, you know, go to church and practice their religion, but they never walk away from Catholicism. What holds them? What do you think holds them there like this? Fear. Huh? Fear. Fear? Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah. yeah. Fear. So how do they deal with... um those times that the spirit interrupts their fear and adds to their fear <laughs> or or says to them, like he used to say to me before I was saved, you know, uh, eternity's a long time. <laughs> What's that? Then, you go to church. then I go to church, right? I, I, I think it, it falls right into what the flesh wants is to do something. It's a bondage to do something. And the fear, if I don't do something, and that's the flesh mm-hmm. really providing that fear, you need to do something. Yeah. In the Catholic Church and, and many religions, it, it, or, you know, Christian denominations have, you know, you have to do something. And the flesh just absolutely loves that. And I think that's where the Catholicism, it's, you know, it's all what you do and how you stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. You know, you got to yeah. do this, you got to do that, you got to, yeah. you know, and, and it's the flesh just absolutely relishes that. And and the fear is if you don't do that, ooh, you know, so the, the uh, it's totally flesh driven, I think. You know, and that, you know, for us, I, I think back, you know, and I, I totally agree with what Miles is saying about lordship. You know, it's, it's kind of, you, you hear that, you know, Lord, it's like, oof. You know, lordship and, and that, but, you know, and to, I guess to enthrone him on the, on your heart. I don't know if I could ever say that while I'm in the flesh. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm walking with the spirit and maybe it's that where it's enthroned in my heart and when I'm walking with the spirit. But what about, you know, Friday at two o'clock when I forgot about that, you know, no. and, no. and enthroned, you know, is that a, a temporal thing? Or is it a permanent thing? Yeah. You know, and I, and, you know, from the Lord, I look at it as, you know, from the identification, he's my life. It's not, you know, it's, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Is that in, in the spirit? Is that in, you know, enthroning him? You know, is this, I guess so I'm rambling, but is it positional, conditional? You know, if positionally I'm placed in the, you know, with him in the heavenlies. Mm-hmm. Conditionally, am I, you know, enthroning him? And I also think of the other is that, you know, the enthroning part I, in, in Romans, you know, present 
your members as slaves to righteousness. We're bond servants. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's where kind of the Lord, <laughs> he's Lord, I'm a slave to righteousness. Um, yeah. But it's one, uh, one of the things that the, the Lordship guys do not do is they do not teach the righteousness of God. They don't know what it is. They don't know what God's character is. They view him as a as a monarch in the white tower that if you don't, he's going to hammer you. But God's righteousness is anything but that. It's love. It's uh, his basic quality of righteousness is that he loved God so loved. And and lordship salvation, any kind of system, any kind of system, whether it's lordship or any kind of religion that puts you under a tyranny of I should be doing this, you miss the love. Because what I mean, the 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 really fundamental thing is law forces me, which includes making Jesus the Lord of my life, forces me to look at myself and see how I'm doing. Have I done that? Am I maintaining it? Where the righteousness of God and the and the love of Christ will. Gradually, through the work of the Spirit, gets you focused on Christ, and He becomes the most important thing to you, even to the sacrifice of yourself. And there was no strain. You see that, Donna? I thought it was interesting how he discusses this at, at the end of the book. Right at the end. Understanding or just taking through, you know, loss, sanctification. Right. You know, there's a. Or the Holy Spirit has a whole process right. before you get to this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, and even, even amongst, uh, grace-based believers, there's still, well, I should be, or I oughta, or I didn't, or I, I, you know, as soon as you get I in there, you know, um, it looks like all of our people are falling away. <laughs> so, um, I think that, uh, um, I think that Rideout has got it right. <laughs> Rideout right. This one paragraph, he says, there is a gradual substitution of man's thoughts and opinions for the simple thus saith the Lord. The result is not merely that there is this or that command ignored, but human thought and human will substituted for the will of God. That's a really profound statement. The problem is is that my will will substitute God's will. It'll do it every time. Because I'm concerned about what benefits me. I could care less if it benefits God or not. Jesus died for me. You get the me part? You know? So he says, therefore, the Spirit of God ever leads to the recognition of the sovereignty of Christ. He's always there. 
doing that. But he does it by wooing us, not by commanding us. You see that? And so as as we spend a lot of time talking about uh, the love of Christ and knowing him, an intimate personal fellowship with him, if that's not in place, there's no wooing. It's commands. You see that? It's just commands. Uh, otherwise, you find yourself uh, with uh, tell me what to do and I'll do it mentality. You know? So, uh, uh, last, what do you think about that? And then, Courtney, you're up. Am, 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 is what I've laid out and right that lays out that the Spirit of God is the one who, over time, uh, <clears throat> leads us to the recognition of the sovereignty of Christ. And he does it by wooing us. What do you think about that? You guys don't feel wooed? <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. And it's totally opposite of, of you know, me me deciding that I will make him Lord. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, when when you when you just take a look at why do you do what you do? Is it because you you can't help it, or I've got to prove I've got to prove to God that I care about Him? Really, when the Spirit of God reveals Christ to you, you don't have to do anything. You know, Paul just gazed at the glory of the Lord Jesus and it knocked him over. You know, that, that the word of God is designed to reveal Christ to us. And by revealing him to us, it has a residual consequence in how we view him. I don't, uh, I don't have to be persuaded, um, like that Donna loves me and I love her. We just do. We thank God for that every day. It's the same thing with the Lord. I don't have to be persuaded about that. I've already been persuaded about that. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it goes back to, you know, the, <laughs> and I'll touch a little bit on mine, the, the command, what commandments does the Lord have for us? Not many commandments. In fact, I can only find one. Yeah. And, and otherwise it's, it's logical imperatives, which, you know, that, but, as far as with the Lord, it all of the things that Paul teaches and, and in John seventeen, it's intimacy, it's knowing. What is eternal life? To know Christ. What is you know, the uh it, it's all about second Peter three eighteen, to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's all about us knowing him is and as we focus on that become that be as many of the hungry hearts, that's the object of our, of our affection. Yeah. And you don't have to be trying to do that. Yeah. Once you have that love for the Lord, you're drawn to it. And it's not a, a work or an effort or anything like that. It's, it's a, a desire to be with, you know, I say it's my life. It's just to, you know, the desire to know Him is to know who I am in Christ. In the book of Romans, the very first time that the Holy Spirit is mentioned is in Romans 5. What's he doing there? What does it say about him? 
the Holy Spirit sheds abroad in our hearts a love for God. That's the very first thing he does. The first thing he does, he sheds abroad in our heart the love of God. What I, I, I'm struck by these verses that we've been studying on Sunday too, that God systematically gets every human being on the planet in his in the room with their mouth shut. They're all there guilty. And now he's going to hammer them, right? He's got them. He doesn't hammer them. He, what does he do? He demonstrates his righteousness. And what's his righteousness? God so loved. That's what he gets them to shut their mouth about. Just so that they'll listen about his righteousness, which is, I love you. I created you in my image. I want you with me. And so it gets to be these perpetrators of legal Christianity, Lordship Salvation people, are, I don't have a word to describe what they, to keep you away from the love of Christ. That's really what they're doing. Okay. Courtney, you ready? All right. Hopefully you can hear. Um, um, so we are in uh, lesson 44 now. And this is really the end of the book. Um, this will be the, I believe, the last lesson we have, lesson 44, before we move on uh, to the next topics or book we we're talking about. Um, so this is it. Uh, I think it's, yeah, two, well, in the book, 247 through 254. And actually, it's kind of, on this one, there's so many good parts in there. You know, I ended up, I don't like usually reading and things like that for when teaching, you know, trying to do my, but there are so many good things in the last, this last section that Rideout brings out that I think he just really nails it. So, I mean, we have a lot, we'll have questions and all that, but, uh, you know, in this one, I find myself reading more of what Rideout has to say. He just put it in a, a really nice, concise, uh, love of God. And at the end, kind of, as what Don was saying, after all this, the Holy Spirit, Kind of very just, you, you can tell this was a, he was, these were, uh, uh, talks that he gave and they're just transcribed and edited or, you know, cleaned up. And you can tell this is the end of it. And he's just expressing, after all of what he's talked about, the Holy Spirit at the end, you can just see his heart in this, the, these end messages for him. So I encourage you to read this. It, you know, if you haven't been reading or, or what, I'd, I'd really encourage you for these last, or the last, Section 247 through the end of the book. Just really good things, but I will be reading several of them, um, just because they were so good. So, lesson 44, question one. What is the hope attached to righteousness? Was it the hope of salvation? <laughs> so it's not, it's not the hope of salvation for us. It's not, <laughs> You're getting all too good. It wasn't the hope of justification or payment of our sins. Uh, so I reversed the question. If we have righteousness imparted, imparted to us, what hope does that provide for us? If you flip it around. If we have righteousness imparted to us, what does that, what does that provide for us? Is it something? 
if you have righteousness, what do you what do you get when you you have the righteousness imparted to you? Life. <laughs> life. <laughs> and what is that life? His life. His life. That's right. It's his. And, you know, the other thing which I was on these, because, you know, terminology and what we use today, is, is, is this hope secured or unsecured? <laughs> you know, when we say hope, oh, man, I hope, you know, today I whatever. You know, I hope today, I hope today, you know, it's not that. This is secured. This is a hope that cannot be broken, cannot be lost, cannot be diluted. It, it is a secure hope. Uh, and what Joanne says is true. It's, it's not a thing. It's not, you know, uh, that a call to salvation. This is the hope of Christ, Christ himself. It's a person, the Lord himself. If we have righteousness imparted to us, we can be in his presence. That's what, right? you know, the righteousness imparted to us, what does that allow us to do? Be with him where he's at. Ephesians 2, where are we placed right now? In the heavenlies. Can we do that without his righteousness imparted to us? Can we sit at the right hand of God with Christ? If we're not righteous, it's, you can't. So the, uh, the hope attached to righteousness is a person, which then gives us the ability or, or the right to be with him where he's at. That's incredible. You know, when you think about it, um, the, and, and the, uh, so if we have the righteousness imparted to us, we can be in his presence. The Holy Spirit teaches us to wait without doubting for us to be with the Lord. And it's the way. Go ahead. You know, one of the things that Rideout says, but we are in the midst of a growing creation. We have not yet the inheritance which we hope for. I mean, we've got to talk about that. Yeah. Well, this almost goes back to your question about enthroning. Yeah. What is the focus of your life? Yeah. Is it the chaff that we live in today, all the stuff that it goes on? It certainly can be. You know, and, and that's what I say. A lot of times it is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I had a panic mode this morning on some stuff, you know, and, and it was like, oh, my. And it was just, I couldn't. <sighs> yeah. I'm like, well, not focused on But the Lord answered, and I'm very excited about that. So that was, I'll tell that later. But it was like, you know, I'm just panicked about something and it was like oh my gosh i was sweating and and so the uh and then he answered and i was like man i feel like a thousand times but yeah. my focus was off him yeah and that's where the panic come from you know and then i go back to the uh the scripture be anxious for nothing we've been over that be anxious for nothing be panicked for nothing you know, don't panic. Well, I failed that miserably this morning. So, you know, but then the peace, the answer peace, you know, it's like take my focus off him and what happens? That's when the panic, the anxiety, whatever, you know, and I'm really that way. <laughs> um, so it's kind of a crazy thing this morning. But, um, again, with him as your focus, what happens in the world? You focus on that. You focus on what's ever going on with you. 
No. Well, he makes an interesting point. He said, we, we do not have as yet the inheritance that we hope for. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you talk to other believers all the time, and somewhere in the conversation is the comment, well, I hope he comes today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a real desire to, to enter into the fullness of what he's prepared. And the more you go, the more you grow, you, you, the more you look forward to, boy, along with that. But there's, there's, a, there's another element of that that is, if I'm here to serve him, then that does, shouldn't make a difference, or it doesn't make a difference, or because uh, your focus is somewhere else. Because that's really what we're here to do is serving. Yeah, you know, that's what I was saying, the bond servant, the slaves to righteousness. That's, yeah. that's what we are called for. Yeah. It, you know, we're not a slave to sin anymore. We're a slave to righteousness. Right. Well, again, what does that righteousness impart to us? <laughs> we're slave to be with him where he's at. You know, that that's not a bad slavery, you know, <laughs> to be a slave or have him as your master, not as a condition of salvation as we, we've discussed. It's not that. But it's, it's this ability to be with him where he's at and the focus. And that's, that's the thing we're waiting for. Yeah. You know, and I wonder about that. You know, a lot of times, um, kind of a rabbit trail is, you know, I, I'd love to be home with the Lord. Anyway, no mortgages, no politics, no, you know, daily strife, no watching the news and getting frustrated or whatever. You're done with all that. You're done. And you're face to face with the Lord, you know, why, why, you know, <laughs> why Lord do you still have me here? You know, take me home. But, you know, it's like, you know, I think of things, your heart things or what Alan went through and things. I, I'm reminded it's, you know, when he comes through that, guess what? He's not done with you. He's got stuff for you to do. Yeah. And that's the encouragement is why are we still around? Cause he still has stuff for us to do. The, you know, he has the things that, that he wants us either to grow, to do whatever. He's not done with us yet. That's exciting, you know, actually. So you can say. Or to function passively. Function passively. I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. To, that we have to do to, to earn anything. Yeah. He's still just not done with us yeah. yet. Either through our growth, in, you know, in our relationship with him or he has things for us to, to accomplish, you know, uh, the Romans, you know, that, um, whatever, I can't, uh, he has works laid out for us. Yeah. And, and we're still here. So we, we yeah. still have things that, that he wants us to do. That's exciting, you know, otherwise, you know, the minute we're done with that, guess what? We're home. So we're still here and he still wants us to, you know, be with him, grow, and and know him better. And that's kind of exciting when you think about it. So, yes, we're looking forward, but he's not done with us yet. Right. But we look forward to that. That's exciting. I I mean, who doesn't want to be with the Lord? You know, like I said, do you want, you know, I don't remember that. I don't think there are any elections in, in, uh, in heaven. No. I don't think there's, yeah, mortgages, salaries, employees, uh, whatever, you you know. Cars that break down, sin nature. Well, yeah, that's that's number one. <laughs> we we don't have any of that, but I mean, just the, the environment we live in today is so different than what we will be in eternity, and that's the hope of this inheritance. Yeah. Yeah. We look at it from the point of view that 
Uh, and I agree with everything he said. He has a simple purpose. Get the mic on so they hear. Sorry. I just always, so we hear you, but the people in Never Never Land here. He has a purpose, but what if we think, well, in God's eyes, we already have the inheritance, what inheritance that we hope for. It's done. It's as done. As he's concerned. We still have to struggle here. Maybe we don't have to, but we do. We panic and yeah. et cetera. But it's done as far as God is concerned, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. I mean, the, looking forward to the inheritance, the hope of uh, yeah. righteousness. Look at it that way. He's taking care of it there. He's going to take care of us here. And well, well until the, we get to be with him. And It's just what I failed this morning. Be anxious for nothing, right. you know, by prayer and supplication. And what will he do? He will guard your heart. Yeah. You know, and what, is the, what does that mean? I have the peace of God, the, the rest that he promises mm-hmm. us. All the things, you know, if you really, you know, put all this together, it's a pretty good picture. You know, it's when we fail that we don't do these things that, you know, the panic ensues or, you know, whatever. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, but the, it's that hope of, of, the hope of righteousness, but uh, the link to that is what does that mean? The hope of righteousness means we can be in his presence. Mm-hmm. And that's what the hope is for future. We will be in his presence without the sin nature, <laughs> which is going to be, I can't, you know, that's so weird to even think about. Without the sin nature, what is, what is my life going to be like without me? I can't imagine. I mean, being dragged down by the sin nature. Right. You know, this morning, you know, panic mode. What? Stupid. You know, but in heaven, we're not going to have that. So that's the hope. That's the desire is to look forward to that. So. How God has us operating. We're to operate by faith. We're by believing. But we need to be persuaded about that, about those things. And that's the job of the spirit. He persuades us to the point where we're. Yeah, we enter in by faith, but we really own it. We trust God implicitly about what the Spirit not only has shown us, but persuaded us about. You know, you know from day one in this, we've been a year and a half in this. What, you know, it still to me comes down to, he's there to convince and convict us. Yeah. Convince us of what's true about us, you know, and convict us of those things yeah. that, you know, are chaff. And and it's to convince us. And what does that mean? Convince us so we believe. Yeah. We believe what's true about us. Yeah. Believe what he says is true. And and that's the job of the Holy Spirit. After all of this, I still come down to those that he's there to convince and convict us. And to show us Christ. Oh, is that are you kidding me? Wow. I didn't even get through all of number one. Um, so, well, we'll get back on that. But, you know, one of the ones, uh, we'll continue on question one. Um, again, what, what this stems from is Galatians 5.5. 5. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. That's really the verse where, where right it comes from. We'll, we'll uh, bring, you know, start next week on uh, question one again and finish it. Um, and some of the things that Rideout says, just some great things that he has in, in his book on there. So, again, I encourage you to read uh, the end of it, 247 through the end of the book. So, all right, let's close. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you again, uh, again, just for your plans and not ours. Uh, it is 
just amazing as we uh, just have been looking at for a year and a half or more of the Holy Spirit and and uh, what you have him doing in our lives and uh, what uh, a joy it is to know that he is 24-7 all the time just pointing us to your son and uh, and just uh, growing us in the knowledge and the grace of your son. And we just... Uh, we thank you for that. We thank you if, that it's a permanent indwelling. It's never to, never to leave us as the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, again, as we have discussed briefly this morning, the, the hope of righteousness, which that hope is that we, through the imparted righteousness that you've given to us, that we can spend an eternity side by side, face to face, uh, with, with your son and, uh, in the heavenlies. And we just, uh, we, we just, Revel in that fact and thank you for that. And, and, and again, it's nothing that we have done. It's solely by uh, the Lord Jesus paying for all our sins, but then you graciously offering us salvation through faith. And we just thank you for that plan. We just pray, uh, again, just that we all, uh, throughout this day, that all that we say and do will honor and glorify you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.